Good tidings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Landy Lodge podcast. Before we launch this episode, we have some special people we need to thank, those special people being the sages of the lodge, those who donate monthly to keep the lodge moving, allows us to buy new equipment, and invest into the project. So, big shout out and big thank you to Charlotte Astry, Alex Pamal, David Fries, Shane Thomas Driscoll, Chris Perkowski, Corey Barchat, Scott Castellano, The Family, Andrew Parker, Nick Taborski, Kevin McBride, Michael Fay, Richard Arnold, and of course, Andrew Clay. If you'd like to become a Sage of the Lodge by donating as little as a dollar a month, you can find a link in the episode description, be it whether it's on YouTube or any of the audio platforms, or simply go to my Instagram at the.landy.lodge, and you will find a link in my bio. So, Thank you to everybody, thank you to the Sages of the Lodge, and thank you for tuning in. And without further ado, let's get on with it. Ladies and gentlemen, the sickos and the normies, welcome back to the Landy Lodge in the Lodge today. Is a man who needs no introduction, but he's gonna get one anyway. My man Bioroxis is in the Lodge today. My dude, how are you doing? Hello, how are we doing? Thanks for having me on. Dude, I, uh, my my buddy uh, Lunar Lux was on and I was like, hey, <laughs> I know him. So I listened to the episode and you guys brought up some really interesting stuff. I think that's what uh, that's what connect us, I think. Yeah, no. So I posted it, something about uh, I think I was posting a response to you. I made a tweet or something. And then yeah, you posted something on Twitter. And it's kind of funny. I'm noticing in a very Kingdom Hearts way and everyone being connected. It's like I have one person on to talk about Kingdom Hearts and in some way that leads me to somebody else to have on. Mm. So it's almost like there's this there's this chain of hearts following their way <laughs> yeah. into the into right. the Lady Lodge. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know ahead. if it if it works for other like fandoms or like YouTube spaces, but from what I've seen, there's a lot of people that just kind of like connect and because we just all we all love Kingdom Hearts. And so it's not like about like numbers or views or subscribers. And so like everyone just like everyone just like hangs out. It's so cool. Oh. Yeah, no, it, it really is cool. And, you know, everybody has like their own unique perspective. And I feel like everybody has some sort of theory that nobody else is thinking of yet, just because, you know, we were talking in the pre-roll. It is a mm. Kingdom Hearts is a bottomless pit of topics and ideas and theories. Um, before we continue, I do want to ask you, I ask every guest. So yeah. what is it about Kingdom Hearts that's made you fall in love with it so much? Like, why Kingdom Hearts? There's endless game series and content out there. Why did Kingdom Hearts reel you in? Ah, man, put me on the spot. Okay, uh, <laughs> let me think. Really, just the, the characters, I think. Okay. So all the characters, personally, I feel like all the characters are written this way that they speak and resonate with different people. Um. So like one person will love Roxas because he's edgy and someone will love Roxas because like that's what they remind themselves from childhood or because like of that one arc where he's, you know, standing beside Shion and waiting for her to wake up. And like, I feel like there's there's so many different facets to all these characters and and it's so easy to connect with them because one, there's there's so many, but also two, they're, they're really well written. So real, for me, yeah, the well characters. Written, yeah. And I think I think. For for me, it's a lot of the characters, too, just because it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's the interactions between the characters that have us fall in love with them, right? Like, oh, yeah. it's it's Roxas's connections 
that make him more and more interesting. So I think that's very cool. Uh, I, I, the more, the more I talk to people, most people say it's the story or the characters and that's not a knock on the gameplay at all, which that's something I wanted to get into with you because your channel primarily was built around these, these combat breakdowns and these combat analysis. Mm. <laughs> and I remember stumbling upon it years ago and just mm. being like, well, this is, this is a unique channel. You know, I'm a crackhead who comes up with random theories. <laughs> like you're actually breaking down the combat and in a sense, making people more effective players at the game. What inspired Ooh, you to want to do that? That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, cause I'm not a gameplay person. And I, I always say that, like, I'm, I'm very much like not in that scope of, like players because if you ever watch like a stream of mine it's it's like a a meme that like you know i'll just go do a breakdown on it then you'll be good at it and it's like no like i've done like data battle <laughs> breakdowns and i still am garbage at data battles um so it's really funny how i ended up in in like the kind of gameplay circles mm -hmm. and also it's it's kind of nice because i feel like i'm able to lend like a casual perspective on that because in a lot of places when it comes down to gameplay, it's getting down to the nitty gritty mechanics. And it's always like, what's optimal? What does the most damage? What does this? And so everyone cuts out all these abilities that don't work because they're not optimal. Uh, and so like for me to come in as a casual and like look at like, oh, what, what were the devs thinking with this ability? What were the devs thinking with this? Like how do these animations connect? And so, yeah, it is kind of like a, I feel like that's how I found my niche was just like this unique perspective on usually a hardcore aspect of the game, but coming at it with like a casual perspective. Well, I'll say, I think one of the best things about your content and what you're getting at is you make it very approachable. You know, it's not like when I, when I watch your content or even just see the way you present it in title and thumbnail, I don't get the impression like, oh, this is just for anyone doing level one critical. I, you know, mm -hmm. you don't really give off that impression. You give off this impression of, hey, this is going to help you no matter where you're at. It's, it, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I've always found it interesting. Um, but yeah, especially with like the the boss battles, more yes. of it is like, oh, here's all here's all the openings I know of. Usually, I'll miss one or two. Um, but my main focus, and that's why I don't really like doing boss breakdowns too much, is because I like focusing on the animations. Um, with Sora, especially, like all of his form changes, like I still love talking about form changes because the animations were just so well done. And they were so unique and and were callbacks to previous games or like previous franchises. Like um, my favorite one is Highwind in Stormflag because Highwind is literally just a dragoon from Final mm -hmm. Fantasy. <laughs> and so like, it's so cool to see that stuff. Um, and it's really cool to see the time and energy that went into those animations. Yeah, it's good to see. It's it's stuff like that that gives you the feel that the people working on these games have a love for the game. Like, oh, for like sure. Overlaps like that don't happen unless it's a labor of love. Um, mm. I did want to talk to you because this has become a hot topic recently. Union Cross is ending. Uh, oh, yeah. What are your thoughts on Union Cross? How much did you play it? Where do you rank its story among the series? And how do you think, in what way can you imagine this ending? I know I threw a lot on you there, but I feel like okay. we so can just broadly get into talk it? about it. How did I get into it? Where do I rank it? And what do I think the ending is going to be? Yeah, or something we might see from the ending because we're probably going to get a dump truck load of stuff oh i'm sure yeah um so i got into it actually with when it first released um i was at this internship that really just gave me like a bunch of free time at a desk and so <laughs> and so i'd always like be playing that because uh, i just had a bunch of free time uh so yeah i was i was there at the outset 
I never like this is before I was doing YouTube, and before YouTube, I'd, I'd actually never connected with the Kingdom Hearts fandom, and so I I didn't read like the forums. I was on Reddit, definitely not on Twitter, um, and so I really just played it by myself. Didn't join any unions, and fell off pretty quickly. Uh, I think I got to like. I don't even know where Agrabah is, but I remember like getting to Agrabah and kind of just stopping. Uh, I didn't really know too much about the story until I started getting back into the fandom with, or that's when I when I first got into the fandom with Kingdom Hearts three, and then I you know found Demo and watched all his content. <laughs> oh, it's so, so helpful. That guy deserves all the credit in the world, man. Oh yeah, no, he does. He does a fantastic job of you know putting everything into really concise story videos makes it way um, more digestible than playing the game. Definitely. Oh yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, where do I see what's, what's something I want to see happen in the end. I want to see, I want to see where dark charity went or like, okay. um, or whatever happened. Cause like he gets destroyed, but he's like, I'm going to be back kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to see, ah, oh man. Okay. Let me think. <laughs> I want to see what happens with Ventus, obviously. Oh yeah. Cause I want to know if Vanitas is actually part of that darkness that they were talking about, or if there is something else lurking within them. Well, there's something going on with Vanitas that always like, at least intrigued me. Like, is he just, the darkness of Ventus's heart manifest, or is he something in Ventus's heart that darkness sort of possessed? It's right. It, it doesn't, maybe I'm confused, or maybe I'm not in the know, but it doesn't seem to be too clear right now which of that it is. Well, then you also have to ask, like, is is every single because darkness dwells within everyone's heart, right? Yeah. Is that darkness in their sent uh what is it sentient conscious, and is it connected with the rest of the darkness? Or are all of these like different pieces of like individual darkness? Because Ven Venitas definitely seems like he knows way more than he should. Um, and the whole like conversation in Remind with Sor in that darkness, if that is actually Venitas or if it's someone else. Um, yeah, and that's one of the things I love about the series is like you would think you could see Sora be like Venitas, and then you could just run with, oh, okay, so darkness is Venitas, and it's like, nah, that could easily yeah. be red herring like very exactly easy. yeah yeah so I, yeah i'm interested just in all of that of like what what is darkness and and how does it how, like it almost makes you think of like keyblade and the keyblade of like you know oh we have all these different keyblades but there's also like one higher up keyblade right and so yeah is that like how pyramid. darkness works where there's like all these like individual pieces of darkness and then there's one like higher being of darkness. Uh, or... You know what? Actually, I think I have something for that. I I oh, actually yeah? don't think they work that way. I think that's the way like um, that's the way maybe sort of the light side works is like you have these self-realized individuals. But darkness mm -hmm. has made it clear in Union Cross that they're just one big collective. All right, okay. It's like all one ethereal thing. And that's, again, what makes Vanitas sort of interesting because he seems to be pretty individual he seems to be pretty individually realized but he seems to be a part of something that's more of this sort of submissive collective to the dark hmm. okay i would say that maybe we haven't seen the real light and that's why we we see these individualized pieces of light yeah because i get in reminds like the master masters is talking with uh young Zaydor and like mentions like the false light 
Mm-hmm. And Which so, is another one that could throw anyone for a doozy. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, is this like, okay, is this not the actual light? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> is this, are they talking about Lux or are they talking about actual like the light side? Or it's it's so confusing. Yeah, it it uh, it's definitely not straightforward. Um, yeah. But I know for me, when it comes to Union Cross, I just want to know where did all the dandelions go? How did they get like fill in the gaps, right? Like fill in Lorium's gaps between where we are in Union Cross and Chain of mm. Memories. You know, that's yeah, what Lorium is really interesting. Yeah, he's a character who like when when we first met Marluxia way back in the day, I would have mm. never guessed he'd end up this interesting or be a character I cared this much about. Yeah. No, for sure. Like I I did not <laughs> I did not care about Marluxia <laughs> in the slightest. Especially when he just shows up as like a, a data org in cage two. I was like, who's this? Like, who cares? <laughs> I was like, yeah, chain of memories, cool. That was, you know, that was a, a copy. No one cares mm-hmm. about that. There's nothing well, important there. Well, there's a video you made that I absolutely love and I think is true. And that's you uh you analyzed um the Marluxia boss fight in Chain of Memories and uh, said, yeah, yeah, cool. and you were like, so that's probably Sherlizia. And I can't help oh, but think yeah. you're right. The color scheme is there. Like, yeah, it it all seems to be there. And like, you know, I have to ask this to everybody. It's like, how much of this is planned beforehand and how much of this is like pieced together after the fact? Um, I think Nimura does a great job of leaving hooks Mm -hmm. where he has a general idea of what he wants to do. Um, Since Kingdom Hearts 2 onwards, I think he has said that he he knows where he's going with the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see like the not even hooks because like he didn't have to go back and explain why Marluxia was on top of a giant nobody. Um, <laughs> but later on, he'll leave these pieces where maybe he doesn't exactly know wh- what he wants to happen there, but he knows that he wants to use that, and so he'll leave it open enough so that he can come back and you know tie in these loose ends, perhaps like the arc in Kingdom Hearts One. Yeah, exactly. Which, which that's been tied in in a way I could have never imagined. No, no. But I mean, even if you go back and play uh, Cage One, you can see that there's indentions for people to be in those pods. So like he <laughs> knew he wanted to use that. Um, so nuts. But I don't think he knew exactly how he wanted to do it. Um, so. Yeah. Now I can see it was part of the, it was part of the larger world that just didn't quite have its function yet, or at least its function wasn't needed to be revealed yet even the uh even the end of the world i mean that's a a mechanic we saw with the final world in kingdom hearts 3 Mm -hmm. Uh, and in kh1 we have this this place where the hearts of worlds are going to but they're not passing on yet and that's the same idea as the final world yeah it's like a that was a purgatory for worlds and the final world is like a purgatory for hearts exactly so yeah it's it's crazy how much it connects and I think people kind of write off how hard that is to do. Very, like it's, it's I mean, one over thing the course to, of 20 years, too. Yeah. And you can definitely tell that, like, themes change or, like, the writing style changes throughout Kingdom Hearts. Because mm-hmm. in, in the first one, uh, especially the second one, it's very, like, anime feelish. Without They double down on the whole Shonen vibe in Kingdom Hearts. Exactly. 2. Yeah. And then you get to, like, Dream Drop Distance and Kingdom Hearts 3, where it's... It's still this like vast adventure and story, but just the the tone of it is just so different. 
very yeah that's a very good observation i i agree you do see a lot of tonality changes as the series gets older um and i think that's that's cool because if it stayed in that shonen-esque style i don't think it would have kept people coming back no because then i mean and we deal with this problem already but had they kept it in that shonen style forever more everything would always just come back and be compared to kingdom hearts 2 and again you know we kind of have that problem now but um if they didn't change from that there's no way to move on right everything Mm -hmm. would just feel like a loose copy or a loose intimidation it's very obvious to me that kingdom hearts 3 and kingdom hearts 2 have their own identities to them yeah and i wouldn't say so much the shonen aspects because maybe writing style they would have also compared it to kh2 Mm because gameplay is definitely something that's very subjective um but cage two really nailed it um and so oh, where's it going with that anyways yeah anyways um, <laughs> <laughs> well let's i want to move on from union cross a little bit um okay. not that i don't love it i do love it and i can't wait for the finale but i'd have to be honest the corner of this world that has me the most intrigued has to be quadratum yazora and the master uh, mm. What are your general thoughts on everything going on there? Um, honestly, I haven't given a lot of like brain space to it, <laughs> to be honest. Well, I mean, my last year of my uh, counseling program, so I'm I'm doing my internship and I'm I'm gone like twelve or thirteen hours, like Monday through Thursday. And go. so, like, my weekend is like literally like I'm getting home, I'm you know like taking care of my house, uh, and then like trying to like create some content for the week. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I don't, and you can see it on the channel. Like, I haven't put out a lot of theories in a really long time because it just it's a lot it of bandwidth. It's a lot of <laughs> it bandwidth. really is. Um, but I think Quadratum is interesting because it's again that tone shift, um, big time. And I don't know if it's, I don't know, because I can't see how they're gonna fit Disney into that. That's that's what I'm most interested in. I actually think, and this is what I'm thinking, I could be wrong, but I really think Quadratum is a way to sort of divorce the two crossovers in a way. Not in a bad way. Maybe divorce Mm. is the wrong word. But it's like we have what is the Kingdom Hearts reality where we have all the Disney worlds and these Final Fantasy characters and Square references are homeless. Like when we meet the World Ends With You gang in Traverse Town. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're homeless. You know, that, that Traverse town, if I'm correct, is the town, like when your world is destroyed, that's where the, you know, I guess r- residents can find a home. Right. Isn't that how it works? Uh, Traverse town. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think Quadratum is very well could be where all the square influence and properties stem from where they sort of originate from because we seem Mm. to be going into the whole versus 13 thing and quadratum seems to be the home of that like the name i was so excited for versus 13 right like i oh dude uh man oh man (laughs) um i really think what's happening there is quadratum is going to be a place for the square influences to to reside because like even the final fantasy characters in traverse town they very well have like a Disney spin on them, right? Like take Aerith, for example. Aerith's design in Remind looks nothing like the Aerith in Remake. They almost, in a sense, Disneyfied her a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So I think Quadratum is a way to sort of like give a platform for the square influence and square properties. Like you're seeing that with the tonality shift. Do you mm. think, do you think we start to see 
more square properties infiltrate the series for crossover because we have final fantasy we i have would world Ends love to you. see that and i you thought I, that's do. one of the things i thought of when i when it first got revealed that so was like crossing over to the other world mm-hmm. um because oh what was it i because you think see things with like uh final fantasy 15 where they talk about like oh a video game that had a, a key that could open a new lock right that's like mm-hmm. a, a nod over to kingdom <laughs> hearts and then in the kingdom hearts secret movie you see like the the crown yeah. on the uh billboard to like you know reference a game and then all of your Zora's clothes have uh kingdom hearts yeah yeah so like his shirt has like the the cross pattern that you see um i'm trying to think of what would be a good reference um pretty much like a, it's like a a chessboard right and then it has like in the the black squares it has like Roxas's nobody sigil or uh, like the heartless yeah. symbol. I don't know if you've seen that. Um no, or his earring. His earring has earrings. the nobody sigil. Yes. Yes. And so it's like it's almost like Kingdom Hearts is a franchise, right? And they're selling merchandise. And so in that world, Kingdom Hearts is just a game. Which would explain uh, Yazora's confusion where he's like, Yeah, I've heard of you, but why are you using that name? Mm. Um I'd like to see it. I mean, do you think, like, what do you think? You think we see Chrono Trigger show up in the middle of Kingdom Hearts? Like, do you think more just, properties like that show up? I think if they were going to do that, it would have to be a Varum Rex title. I can't imagine that they could sell a Kingdom uh, Hearts game that would market towards the Square Enix audience. That is, that's a very interesting point. And, you know... Because with Kingdom Hearts... all am oh, sorry. No, you're good, man. Go ahead. All the all of the marketing for Kingdom Hearts is always Disney Worlds. Like here's this world, and here's this world, and here's this world, and they play it like I remember with Kingdom Hearts three coming out, they play it like before Disney movies in theaters. Like mm-hmm. I can't imagine them shifting that to oh hey look at like here's Nier Automata and here's like Chrono Trigger. <laughs> like I don't I don't think that'll grab people or hit that nostalgia the same way. Well here's. Um, so I, I think you're 100% right, but I think I think they might find a clever loophole. Because if I were to try yeah. and do this, right, I'm looking at Union Cross, where the last story's taking place in Wreck-It Ralph. Have you seen the Wreck-It Ralph movie? Uh, I saw the first one. First one. So you remember that concept that there's like this, it looks like Grand Central Station in New York. It's like this this um, underground train station where every rail takes you to a different video game uh, world. Okay. I almost feel like you might be able to see something like that in Quadratum. Because think about it. Toy Box existed within sort of that Quadratum space, right? Like, they knew who Mm. Yazora was. They knew. So, like, you almost see them sort of meld together. I I think it's possible that in Quadratum, you could still have a lot of Disney influence. Like, maybe you get to other Square properties by going Mm. through the Wreck-It Ralph world. And Ralph has to travel with you. Yeah, that could work. Just random ideas. No, yeah, I, okay. I remember seeing this because this is in Union Cross, right? Yes. Um, there is something. There's a Union Cross part where they someone like opened up the rest of the the map so that you could see the. Let me see. Um, I want to say they saw some kind of name on the. Uh oh. Uh oh. Let's see. It could be nothing. Maybe it was blank, but there was like they like pulled up and they could see like the because each like station has the name of the game right on it. Yes. And I want to say they like 
panned up and saw something else, but I can't find it right now. Well, but I mean, yeah, that'd be cool. Like, I, I think that'd be a great, a great way to introduce it. I think, I think so too. I think there's endless possibilities they could do. Cause if between you and I, like as much as Disney wants to play their heavy hand in this series, I think at the end of the day, what they want more than anything is the fat paycheck. And if square yeah. and if square can make, make a case like, Hey, let us put some of our guys in here. Uh, you'd mm-hmm. be opening yourself up to a whole other audience could be something they argue, you know, like yeah. by in clear, by including a more mature game, like for example, like if they threw near automata in, it's like, Hey, you're going to reel in a bunch of those fans. Cause I'm sure they're looking at, you know, how many near fans bought soul caliber six. Cause two B was in it, you know, just to play as two B mm-hmm. um, you could easily, I think easily make that sort of argument if you wanted to, but again, what the mouse says goes and the <laughs> mouse wants what it wants. So, mm-hmm. so do you think, yeah. go ahead. I, I mean, you go ahead. I have something for you after, but uh, whatever you think, okay. go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Just real quick. Like I, I could, see them maybe like towards the end of the game of like one of their bigger titles having like a square enix world where you meet a bunch of different characters maybe or like see a bunch of different references but Mm -hmm. i i couldn't see them doing a full game and just taking out the disney definitely not you'll never see that i think one of the things that unfortunately is misunderstood by some kingdom hearts fans is like this is a disney (laughs) game it's a disney game developed by square enix you're not going to take the disney out of the equation I think sure, the closest yeah. you could get to that was what you you were bringing up. If they wanted to make like a Varum Rex game, you know, yeah. and I, honestly, I feel like that's that's what Nomura wants. Like just with the whole Varum Rex commercial and franchise, and like it honestly, it felt like oh, okay, this is this is what Nomura wants to do, <laughs> and this is like in Kingdom Hearts is going to be that vessel to like maybe have like a Kingdom Hearts Varum Rex spinoff, and then he'll be able to tell his story. That um, that is a good point. Do you know anything about Final Fantasy VII? I, I fucking love Final Fantasy VII. I have a whole okay. other podcast about it. Oh, <laughs> okay. So I've been. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about it. We uh, can because it is still like the theory I'm working on is still like in the works. Okay. But the idea of Loveless and the <laughs> archetypes that they introduce are seen throughout Kingdom Hearts, and I wonder if that idea of those archetypes will be like fully realized in Vermrex versus 13. Um but that can be like a topic for another time. Because <laughs> that's not this is, this is in Final Fantasy 7. Yeah. I, I mean we could talk about whatever we want, man. But at the end of the day, um yeah flesh you know flesh that out. I look forward to seeing that video. I love loveless i mean oh fuck it let's just sit on seven remake for a second here do you think we get genesis in part two yes for sure right it just maybe not even part two maybe integrate you think we get him in (laughs) integrate i think we'll see a little a little bit of him in integrate if you look at that weiss like that that quick shot of uh weiss it -hmm. doesn't look like they're all the same character yeah, there's that one shot with the dude with like his eyes closed it almost looks like he's having a bad dream and that looks a little like genesis Mm. or gacked i suppose i should say <laughs> so <laughs> well i, I always felt i always felt that in, his but... well i always mm. felt that like you've played crisis core right no i haven't yet i haven't you played haven't. any of the uh the compend not compendium the compilation <laughs> i've only played seven okay well i think one of the things with genesis that leaves okay another question and i'm sorry are you familiar with the hero's journey uh 
Joseph Campbell. The so, uh, I don't know. Oh, oh, you're talking about the okay, the, the okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So I think what throws a lot of people off with Genesis is when you think of the hero's journey and you have that circle, right? You think of the circle journey. His mm-hmm. story ends at the bottom of the circle, the belly of the beast, right before the death and rebirth section. Like Crisis Core ends with his story sort of cutting off there. So mm-hmm. I think Remake has a unique opportunity to tell the second half of that circle, his rebirth, you know, everything Wait. that happens after Crisis Core. Well, I thought, doesn't he say that there's that scene at the end of Dirge, right? The scene where, at, yeah, where, yeah, he's with Weiss, right? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the curtain falls on the next whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. so I think they have a unique stuff with that. I mean, I wasn't a big dirge guy. I don't know about you. <laughs> I don't know anyone that was. So I'm not being controversial, but um I'm how I'd be, dare you. <laughs> dirge. <laughs> I uh I'm hoping they can do a really solid retelling of what they were trying to do with dirge. Can I look at what they were trying to do? And mm. I think I think they have a unique opportunity to do it a little bit better this time around. Do you know who Sleep Easy is? Is that Sleep name Ricky Bell? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He has done a fantastic series about just like how remake. I don't even know how to explain it. It's just like he dives into all of the lore throughout the entire compilation and then links it to remake. And it is just the best. And if you haven't watched Ooh. it, you, you definitely should. Interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna mm. pull that up right now and put it in that little watch later tab. Hell yeah. Sweet. But uh getting us back to Kingdom Hearts, it was nice to deviate for a <laughs> yeah. little bit there. <laughs> nice little deviation. But getting us back to Kingdom Hearts, we're about 30 minutes in here, so we can let this run for another 10, 15. Um yeah. you know, I wanted to ask you what your favorite game is. I know it's a touchy uh, subject for some, but <laughs> Kingdom Hearts there, definitely. So I agree with you. Just put my cards on the table. But let me ask mm. you why. Um, I feel like it's the most <laughs> realized. So when you play Kingdom Hearts, it's not... A lot of people like to focus, obviously, on on the gameplay, right? In the worlds. Mm-hmm. But the the way the characters are written, I know some people don't think they were written that well. Um, but just how Sora interacts at the beginning... Is, is some of my favorite parts of Sora because we see those cracks beginning to form. Like he's yes. not strong enough. Um, he's having to fight like within himself. Mm-hmm. So the characters are just so well written. Um, There's so many different like dives into like literally just like the facial expressions that they made the characters do. Um, Everything is just so detailed. Uh, The worlds are bigger than just like corridors the level so, design for me is yeah a big thing. it's fantastic i mean you're you're i remember coming back to olympus and i had missed this one secret area where like you you attack one of the pillars and part of the floor falls away right and you yeah, find like yep. four or five chests and just like the wonder of like oh my god like i can i'm being rewarded for exploring um like the the Pirates of the Caribbean world. Are crazy. Oh my, I spent hours. Right? Like, the hours. that was one of my least favorite worlds story-wise when I was playing through because I was just, like, rushing through it to get to the end, right? Yep. Um, And I come back and I'm like, why didn't they have us, like, explore all these islands? Like, this is fantastic. Right? And you find, like, when you want to, like, max it out and find all the ingredients and stuff, like, it's pretty much mandatory. Like, there's... Mm-hmm. And there's just 
tons and it's not even just like oh here's an island with stuff like you have to like find the hidden cavern or or yeah. make your like blow away a path like there's a lot of creative things you have to do to get the most mm. out of these little patches of sand and these little islands i'm with you 100 yeah, percent. i think if kingdom hearts could really double down on like world exploration like don't get me wrong like there mm. are reasons to go back to all the worlds and all three kingdom hearts games that give you reasons to go back to it but i would like more of those sort of exploration incentives that were offered to you in pirates mm. of the caribbean or even in um jesus which one did you bring up beforehand oh uh oh god i don't even know oh olympus olympus yeah exactly um i would personally love to see all of that um mm. when do, do you think that we're not going to get any news in 2021 was a load of malarkey um i think i don't think we'll get announcements honestly i think they're i think they're focusing on final fantasy 16 mm -hmm. and final fantasy 14 i think i think that's where their their focus is right now and on the remake mm -hmm. i think final fantasy 7 remake is where they're focused this year um I can't imagine. Yeah, personally, I don't think we're going to hear anything. I hope we don't, honestly, because I, I think we need a break. I got to be honest. I think it's malarkey. I think by the holidays, <laughs> I, think really... I think it's malarkey. We're not going to hear mm. any announcements. And suddenly, OK, so Union Cross is ending. We're going to have that finale. Um, mm. I think I don't think we get a trailer or anything, but I do think they're going to let us in on it by the end of the year of what's coming. Cause 2022 is um, that's the 20th anniversary. And yeah. you know, if they're going to drop a game in 2022, if it's big enough, we're probably going to know about it before 2022. Um, I yeah, think it's possible. I think they were just trying to clear some marketing room for all the <laughs> titles that you mentioned. Cause what was it like mm -hmm. two, like, what was it like a month or two after they said that they dropped integrate. Um mm -hmm. 14 made a whole bunch of new announcements shortly after oh, that and walker i'm so excited you Dude, play I, I i don't but actually i just finished a dnd &D campaign with a bunch of friends and now we're moving uh, that crew into final fantasy 14 hell yeah it's it's awesome Dude, and I'm, I'm glad wait. you have a, a friend friend group to go through it a Rumble born is like probably the worst well in terms of just like getting into it does it matter which one you start at can you start at any of them or mm -mm they're they're progressive so gotcha. okay you'll you'll start with the rami born and then because everything's uh level capped okay and so once you finish that it'll open up the heavensward you know quest line oh. all that you can buy story skips but yeah, I mean, it's no fun yeah you you really like i wouldn't have been as invested into heavensward if i didn't go through rami born well let me ask you i hear some of the stories in 14 are immaculate would you echo that statement there's amazing like some wow. of the best characters and story like it's amazing like i've no never experienced something like it that's no it's a it's amazing how, how much they've done with it uh like on that scale man i gotta tell you i am so happy as a as an honorary square enix shill i am so <laughs> happy with the last five years because I feel like once we got to about the mid 2000s, Square mm. was like losing its footing a little bit. But then around that 2016, 2017, like they really started revving things up. Yeah, no, they really did. Uh, again, like I was, I really didn't like even step foot onto the the internet fandom space of any games until I got into Kingdom Hearts three. Like wow, so I I wasn't, and I 
didn't even come back to gaming until a while. Like I, I fell off with birth by sleep and then I went to college and like was doing music and studying and, uh, Oh, you're a musician. Got into, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got I to interrupt into, you, but what do you play? Um, I play like a little bit of guitar and piano and drums. How um, interesting. Mm-hmm, yeah. <clears throat> but I was going with that. Anyway, so I fell off for a while. And then when I got back into Kingdom Hearts, uh, I started making content on it. And that's kind of when I started to really get some interaction and, and connecting with, you know, the online world. <laughs> well, I, I can give you, I guess, I got a little fun story for you. And maybe, you know, anyone out there, it's a Kingdom Hearts fan. You might find this interesting. But I've been like, as a, I'm, I won't say it's been good, but I've been like in internet fandom since I was like 12. I'm, tw- I'm, a, I'm 28 now. Um, but I was, how old was I? I was about 12 years old when Kingdom Hearts 2 came out. And I remember this game got absolutely shit on by everyone when it first came out. I think the primarily I was in like game FAQs forums and stuff mm-hmm. like that from back in the day. And like Newgrounds forums and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But Kingdom Hearts 2 was railed on when it first came oh, out. Yeah. And it's so funny to see it now where it's like held as this like master class of JRPGs. <laughs> and it's like, wow, like you can't really judge a game until it's had like 10 years to age, I guess. Yeah, I think that's in part to the final mix. Without people question. love that redemption story. Yeah. Um, And also like I am a huge like proponent of like influencers and people online that, you know, are what's the i guess influencers (laughs) um like they do their job like they influence Mm -hmm. uh and so if you have people that are critical or or you know or keep saying the same things over again like that's gonna get repeated i I like the word we've seen that oh god don't (laughs) 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 so i could start it with that (laughs) but um you're right though you're right though and one of the things that makes the internet tricky is that um at least from what I can observe, uh, criticism seems to do a lot better numbers wise than praise for anything. It, like it doesn't even matter what it is. Yeah, it's this weird. Like if you're cynical, that must mean that you have some smart thing to say. Um, which is well, this is why I really say I'm a Square Enix. This is why I tell people I'm a Square Enix shill. So that when I say I love Kingdom Hearts three and it's my favorite of the series, I'd be like, yeah, I'm a uh-huh. shill. It's because I'm a shell. It's not not because I have autonomy or I have values that I'm judging the game on or I have preferences. It's just I'm just simply a shill and, you know, don't ask questions, just consume product and then get excited about the next product. That's how I am. Mm. Okay. I mean, slash sarcasm. I don't know if that's going okay. over. If that went over <laughs> <Okay>. your head. <laughs> I was <laughs> okay. I was I was like, I don't know if he's being serious. <laughs> no, this is my biggest problem. Is like people, uh, people, and my whole life, people can't tell when I'm serious or I'm kidding, and I, I don't know what to do about it. I'm almost thirty, so I'm, I've given up on changing. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm the same way. Like, I, I am very dry with my sarcasm, and so you're a lot. A lot times- you're a lot better at it than me. <laughs> I think I, I go to such an extreme that people are like, you, okay, you have to be kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's weird that like, it's such a, a black and white thing that people look at of like, oh, either you, you know, hate this game or you love it. Like you can't, 
You're not allowed to just like you can't give anything a seven <laughs> anymore, dude. It's like it's either a ten or a zero on the internet. Yeah. Like you can't even be like, oh, this game was a lot of fun. I would have done a couple things differently, but I still love it. And it's like, oh, you're just you're just being overly forgiving. Yeah, it's 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 such a weird and I've kind of honestly like because again, like Kingdom Hearts three was my introduction to the internet. And so when I got here, I was like, oh man, I'm gonna be like positive and I'm going to advocate. I'm going to like, you know, try to develop all this good discussion around games because people just either hate it or love it. Um, and then now at this point, I'm like, I don't, I don't care anymore. Like, <laughs> like I like my games. Like you don't, well, cause I, I've seen, like I felt it, it all, it all triggered when I, I fell down this rabbit hole. I was, um, you know, just looking back like three or four years back on discussions of Kingdom Hearts. And the same sentiments, the same discussions, the same arguments by the same people were being made. And I was like, oh, okay. Like people don't actually want to change or discuss. They just want to see like, they want to regurgitate. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like nobody, unless like you're eight, I, I, I don't even think if someone put together like such a detailed argument in like a maybe like a video essay or like a topical video like even then like it's not gonna the people that want to hate this game are gonna hate it the people that want to love this game are gonna love it and and honestly like when i accepted that it was so much easier just to like i don't know move on well it's it's (laughs) no i'm with you it's totally liberating and it opens up the content that you you're able to bring yourself to do like at least i'll tell you a personal anecdote I recently put mm. out a I recently put out a video talking about why I think Kingdom Hearts 3 Sora is the best Sora. And you were going mm. into some of that earlier, some of the points that I made in that video. I would have been terrified to make that video a year and a half ago. I, oh, I would have yeah. been like, I feel like people are just gonna come at me, tell me that mm. I, I'm I'm just like milking it, like or whatever, or whatever the fuck they justify <laughs> their disagreement with. But yeah. I was genuinely surprised how well received that video was. And it just leads me to believe I think. I think more people love those these games than wish to critique them. I just think oh, it, yeah. it's so it's, niche it's such and a so loud goofy. minority. Yeah, and it's so the series is so niche and goofy that it's low hanging fruit for anybody who wants to make fun of it. Yeah, for sure. But the thing is, at least with me, dude, like the goofy, silly stuff is half the reason why I'm here. And I think uh-huh. it kind of goes over some people's heads that, like, yeah, that silly nonsense is pretty deliberate. Hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, like literally, what Sora's walking up to this Kingdom Hearts that's that's taken over by darkness, and Donald and Goofy are like like stepping up beside him, and then they talk about like you know three half pints together. Like it's supposed to be like just this like wacky. <laughs> You're running around the world with a talking dog and duck. Like yeah. it's supposed to be <laughs> like it, it's it's what I love about it. I say it all the time. It's like it's like a psychedelic fairy tale kingdom hearts like it really feels that way to me and i don't i can't think of many other stories or franchises that have this same energy um Mm. and it's something i talk about a lot and you know to bring back to bring up the immortal stan lee something he always said and i think this resonates with video games as much as it resonates with comic books is Mm. people love superhero movies because it's 
it's fairy tales for grownups. It, it, it's it's all the same stuff. The same superpowers, giants, mm. witches, dragons, beasts, light, darkness, good, evil. It's all there, but it's fairy tales for grownups because eventually we all get too old to read fairy tales, but none of us outgrow our love for that type of stories. So things mm. like Spider-Man and Kingdom Hearts allow us to relive all of that. And, I, and that's what just makes it seem so special to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like, I mean, like, life is shitty enough. Like, why do you want to watch? <laughs> I mean, like, there's <laughs> people want to escape, right? But, like, you can't can't just, like, say, like, oh, I like this goofy game. It's like, no, I have to have a cool reason for why I like this goofy game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's almost like you don't have to justify the things you love. You know, mm. if you love yeah, something. Yeah, realizing something... that is super liberating. Absolutely liberating. Absolutely. But because I always see it like on Twitter or somewhere online where people have this long disclaimer of like, oh, like, well, I I like this game, but it's only because like th this reason to this reason. Like, just just you like it. Dude, just say, yeah, okay. just say you like the game and tell me more things you like. You know, mm. I, I that's one thing I want to do. Always wanted to do with my content, my channel and stuff is I would so much rather talk about the things I love then criticize the things I hate. Cause I feel like, you know, that it ends up taking up place in your headspace. Like if you're spending every weekend hating on something and writing up a mm -hmm. script to hate on something like that, those sort of patterns stick with you. And then like, you sort of like just kind of get stuck in this pattern of finding things you hate, or, you know, you almost start feeding off when you don't like something. And then you start seeking out things you don't, I don't know. It just, I've seen it at least with some close friends of mine. It can set up There's... some ba bad habits. Yeah. Yeah, I I almost wonder if it's some kind of psychological thing. Of... Isn't it all at the end of the day? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah. But look, we're uh we're running up on time here. Uh I wanna oh, wow, close this really fast. Yeah, dude, these things fly. <laughs> it's it's so funny, like clockwork, literally everybody says that when we get to this point. But I, I wanna give you some time uh to speak broadly about your channel, Kingdom Hearts, content that you're looking to release where people can find you the whole ordeal the floor is yours okay. um hmm. okay so i do a lot of like animation breakdowns i kind of want to pull away from that um not like really pull away but you know evolve that kind of content to to something and i have some ideas in the works of uh more not i guess they're video essays but just like taking a a casual look at gaming and i feel like that's that's really where my niche is 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 opening up um mechanics and gameplay to uh to the more casual audience uh but i do that on youtube so i'm uh, uh, byroxis on youtube byroxis on twitter uh twitter i don't really know what i do on twitter i think i just like i just jump on and be chaotic so if you <laughs> if you want to see chaos follow me because sometimes i'm you know posting a hot take or showing off a cool detail in kingdom hearts so uh and i stream on twitch so that's that's been a lot of fun. That's usually where like my the most interaction you can get from me is is on Twitch because usually I'm just chilling, playing through 14 or a Kingdom Hearts game. So yeah, if any of that sounds interesting, drop a drop a follow. Well, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. You know where to find the man. He stands out. He's got Roxas as an avatar with those big old eyes. So look him up, Bio Roxas. As he said, you can find him on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. Bio, thank you so much for coming on, dude. I really do appreciate it. Um, yeah. you're, wel you're welcome back anytime and uh, look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Yeah. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time.